I'm also mad because I'm like, Thomas, you made me accept cousin lovers. And now... <laughs> I can't believe I'm mad the cousins didn't get together. <laughs> exactly. I'm just... Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to that pretentious book club. Mm-hmm. If that's what you wanted to listen to, you're in the right, in the right spot. Place. Uh, if it's not what you wanted to listen to, buckle up. Uh, you can't no, now. it is actually. We, we lied. It's, <laughs> it's not that pretentious book club. This is not that. This is whatever you thought this it was. This is exactly what you were coming to find today. Yeah. You are in the right place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Sit mm. your ass down. <laughs> Where do you think you're going? It's like when you walk into class and they're like, if uh, if this is not your right class, leave now. But it's also like you will be singled out and mocked yeah. in the most embarrassing experience of like, your life. Well, I guess I'll just stay in this class. Yeah, then. you're like, I guess I'm taking architecture now. Exactly. It's so embarrassing. That That's you guys right now. I it guess is. you're here. Sit down. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Thank you. The window has passed. Anyways, um, welcome to that pretentious book club. That over there is Kendall Shaw, aka Doctor Spoons Palermo. Hi, howdy. And that over there is Ash O'Rourke, but you can call her Wheezy. It ain't easy being Wheezy. And it's been—I feel like it's been a, a while since we recorded together. It has. Wasn't it? Re- we did remote last time. We did. Well, last time it was just you. Oh, that's right. And the time before it was remote. Tree grows in Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's been like two weeks since i've seen you yeah it's been a while yeah so and much has changed my my living room is mostly blue yeah it looks great that's actually it <laughs> <laughs> and end of list and end of list that's about it yeah. well i just have to go on record and say you did so well by yourself i li- I listened to it on my way back from Dallas last weekend, and I was laughing and jiving and going, whoa, about things that you said, and I was like, man, the podcast is so much more literary and smart when I'm not on (laughs) it. No, I think it's just like, I felt like it was a lot less fun with just me on it. I was like, come on, Ash, be hysterical. Well, I was having fun as a listener. Because when you're here, I think I play to you. And I so love when I do something that makes you like laugh. It's just, (laughs) is my favorite thing. And so that you, I was like, I have no reason to be funny. (laughs) I was just sit here and like be funny at the wall. No. But I'm glad you enjoyed it, because I was like, this is going to go one of two ways, and it's going to be really extreme. Well, I really liked it. I'm glad. So. I hope you guys also liked it. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I feel like we skipped it. And I wouldn't blame you guys <laughs> if you skipped it, because sometimes, like, you know, when you're listening, to, we have, like, a long-time podcast, and someone, like, has to take a break, or they get, like, a guest host. I'll sometimes skip those episodes. True. I hate it when they have guest hosts. Yeah, I'm you're like, like shut mm-hmm. up. I didn't come here for you. <laughs> I want exactly what I came for every day. Yeah, I, I want love my usual. The same thing every time. <laughs> every single time. I have yeah. something to share. <gasps> share. Okay, guess what, you guys? Some of you might know about this, but my friend told me about this, and it is this wonderful, wonderful new thing where you know how Dracula, we have read Dracula. I really Do you have know- no idea where this is going. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> I'm going to circle and loop around eight more times until (laughs) nobody wants to hear about it anymore. But we've read Dracula on the pod. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Dracula is an epistolary novel. Yes. So it's written in letters and diaries and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, some genius was like, you know, it would be fun if we set up 
Dracula so that you get the mail as if you're reading Dracula in real time. What? So it's called Dracula Daily and it's an email thing. You just sign up for the emails and it sends you like a chapter of Dracula on the day that it's supposed to happen. So Dracula starts on May 3rd. Uh So it it started like a couple days ago. Oh my God. And so today I got one and it was like, May 6th, Jonathan Harker's journal. And it just tells you, like, that part of Dracula, like, based on the date. Oh, my god! And so you just get to read Dracula, like, in long form, like, as if you're receiving the letters and diaries. This is actually the coolest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, my God. I want to do it. I've been seeing memes about it and stuff, and everybody's, like, making memes about Dracula, and it's making me so happy. <laughs> Isn't this awesome? This is so it's awesome. It's like a way to reread Dracula, but, like, without a lot of commitment. That you just read, like, perfect, a little bit. Because it was a lot of commitment the first time. <laughs> That yeah. sounds amazing. So if you guys have not read Dracula, you can sign up for this. And then like in a year or whatever, when it's done, you, you can go listen to our episode. Yeah, on exactly. <laughs> wow. Y'all should do it because I want to do it. That's exciting. Yeah, it's really funny. And they um, there's like a little the logo is so cute. It's like uh, a little Dracula coming out of um, a letter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, so the one I got today was Dracula, May 7th, in which the Count apologizes for his poor English, and then it's Jonathan Harker's journal. It's so funny. Wow. I love it so much. Oh, that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Oh, there's Supreme Leader. I, I don't Supreme know if you guys Leader. heard her, but she's in here with us. She's pacing because she got locked in because the AC unit is right outside are the guest rooms in my house, which is actually great because so if you guys, I can't remember how much of our my long form life plan I've shared with you guys <laughs> because I don't really like to, but I guess we're close enough now. We're three seasons in. We've shared, <laughs> I think Spoon said, almost 60 episodes together. Yeah. So I feel like I can tell you guys a little bit about my personal life now, which is that we got a few <laughs> acres of land and my mom is building her house on one of the back acres and we're so excited But while she's building it, she's going to be staying with us. And so one of the guest rooms in our little house here is completely basically empty for her so she can move in in a couple months. Um, And basically, my husband and I are very loud people. Like, even when we're being, like, nice to each other, it's like, you are so stupid. So are you. I love you. And, like, that's about the dynamic, which upsets my mom for multiple reasons. And I can understand that as a mother that it might be upsetting. But, um... So I've been worried about us stressing her out. Like, that's been my main concern. Like, you can live with us forever. My mom is the most chill person. But I'm afraid we're going to stress her. It's going to be great for us because she's a delight at all times. We are not that delightful. <laughs> so anyways, I was uh, painting the trim around um, around the other guest room. And I went in and I cleaned the litter box because it's currently in there. So we don't have to be around it. So that's going to have to move. But anyways, when I was in there, I think Javi was trying to talk to me from the other room. But I couldn't hear anything because the AC unit, I said it's right outside this room. It's it's even more outside of that room, especially. And there's this little exhaust fan that goes on like right overhead right there. And with those on, you can't hear anything from it's like white noise only <laughs> yeah. in that room. So I was like, actually, this is the perfect setup. <laughs> it's working out. Hooray. <laughs> Mom's going to be so thrilled. I haven't told her yet, but I do feel like it's going to give her like maybe like 15 to 20 percent relief. Oh, that Thank she's going to be able to just not hear anything going on <laughs> when she goes to her room. That's amazing. It is amazing. And she's like, so I know you guys don't let Brownie on the bed, but could Brownie, could she be allowed to get on my bed? And I was like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you want Brownie to snuggle with you. It's hard because she's a big snuggler. and But she's a little, like, she's a smaller dog, so it's so easy. 
like uh, Shaylee, my mom's Great Dane, if you guys know, she passed a little while ago. But she also liked to snuggle, but she would do this thing where she would throw her giant head back just to make sure you're still there. But every time she'd throw her head back, she'd, like, hit you in the face with her giant skull. And, like, she chipped my mom's tooth doing that once. And so it just became too hazardous. (laughs) But Brownie is not big enough to do that. So mom's, like, peaceful. I think, actually, she took a nap with the dog, like, a few weeks ago already. So, yeah. So Brownie, of course, loves her. And the cats love her. Well, Flora doesn't really love love anyone except for spoons and hobby <laughs> i am so honored honestly it's actually it's you hobby and yennefer that that's all that flora cares about flora is just you know doing her own thing she's on her own wavelength so i'm not even sure she realizes like we live in a new place there's other animals and stuff outside she just sits and looks out the window but it's just blank and then yennefer is realized immediately that we are basically on a farm uh-huh. and she's like i'm gonna get outside and you're like you're not gonna get outside yennefer you're an inside cat and so now if we don't like close and lock the doors behind us to make sure that they can't get pushed open because they don't latch very well like the storm doors that we keep shut like yennefer will go and test them Aww. because i was outside and i suddenly saw the door moving and i was like oh my god is there like a draft like what's going on then i open the door and yennefer has her her like paw on the door and she looks at me like you've ruined my plan <laughs> <laughs> but i'm concerned she's gonna get outside because she's determined so now she'll wait she'll sit there at the door and she'll just she's just waiting for and the day smart. that i don't lock it figure it out she yeah knows. she will she's uh yeah right now she's sitting above us and this little alcove thing in a box. It's the worst. And this, like, the last time we were here, she jumped on the recording <laughs> on the computer. Oh, my God. It was horrible. She <laughs> that just, was the scariest. Jump thing. is such a generous. She just dropped. She just yeah, grabbed like, just takes her. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. And she does it multiple times a day. And Javi and I are both like, no, Yennefer, if we see her jumping up there. And if she doesn't even look in our direction, <laughs> she's so unbothered. I feel like all the animals are going to try and live in my mom's room. Yennefer's never going to leave it's that gonna room. It's going to be a little zoo in there. Then just there. We're going to be like, have you guys, have you seen the animals today, Hobby? Oh, and, and gonna, Lily. Oh. Yes, Lily. Oh, my gosh. I know Lily's going to be living here. Lily is going to lose her mind. Lily's going to murder all of us in our sleep. So if one day you hear about some <laughs> insane I'll mystery. Know who it was. Yeah, you'll know. Like a whole family was murdered in their sleep and then there's no suspects. It was Lily. It, it was, was the cat. Absolutely Lily. 100%. So we're going to get one of those like window boxes that goes outside the window. Oh, yeah. And we're going to, because I wanted to put one in the front window for the cats. Mm-hmm. But that is going to, that is not as high priority as getting Lily a space where she can be kind of by herself uh-huh. and she likes to be outside side but she will get picked off immediately because she can't run or climb yeah and she's got cross eyes eyes are crossed she has absolutely nothing working for on an evolutionary level (laughs) so we're gonna put the little window box in there so she can like get out the window but be contained yeah that's a good idea i strongly suspect she will live there for 90 percent of her day yeah (laughs) i don't think she's gonna leave she's like okay this is what i do now yeah she's like this is now where i live i was thinking about window boxes did you know that, like, in the old, like, tenement districts in, like, New York and Brooklyn and stuff, like, back, like, in, The baby like, window boxes? The baby window boxes. Yes. That's, uh, do you guys know about this? <laughs> I've seen pictures of them. They used to make, like, baby cages that would they would stick out the windows, like, 30 stories yes. up. And they would just put their babies in it for fresh air. <laughs> and I'm just like, there has to be a better way to get fresh air to your baby than sticking them in a cage outside the window. It's just... I would be terrified if they would plummet up. to the ground. I wonder if that ever happened. I hope oh not. Oh my god, I hope not. Oh, that's so <laughs> upsetting. Really that's just so upsetting. And then, like, I saw some of them that were, like, open cradles that would stick out. And I'm no. like, ah! 
I mean, I know if your child is cradle size, they're not moving enough to get out of the cradle, but I'm still like, I mean, a hawk could take your baby. <laughs> <laughs> Anything bad could happen. Oh my God, it's true. There's so much potential for horrible oh, things. that's so funny. Anyways, I'm so glad we don't do Oof. that anymore. Yeah. Spooky. It is spooky. So anyways, we're going to do a baby a, a baby cage before the cat. And it's one story up. And also yeah. it's enclosed and she's a cat. So She'll be fine. I'm not so worried about it. But that's all my life uh. updates, you guys. Is that what you wanted? I feel like I just gave you a lot of private information about myself. That was good. It's not. I have one thing. Ooh. Okay. This is so bad. Um, basically, I had... This was my last week of the semester. Yes. Hell yeah. And... um. <laughs> on Thursday night, I had a dream Ooh. Um, in which, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. Okay, there are multiple parts of this dream, but I'm going to go as fast as I can. <laughs> Basically, uh, the whole theme of the dream was like me forgetting things or not knowing things. That's every single, actually, yeah. that's just my, I was going to say that's every dream, that's my <laughs> that's day. your life. life. Yeah. <laughs> it was very upsetting because well the first one was actually kind of fun because mm-hmm. i just apparently had no idea that there is there was a um in the dream uh-huh. a keanu movie in which keanu is a boxer and he's married to sandra bullock in the movie and i, I was still like watch this movie. this is the best movie i have never heard of why <laughs> does this not exist i got so mad it was like some obscure movie from the 90s and i'm like first of all that would never happen. They were megastars in the 90s. But yeah. I was like, I can't believe I hadn't heard of this. So oh I was freaking god. out in the dream. I was like, oh my god, it's about boxing and it's got my two favorites in it. This I is w- crazy. That movie sounds amazing. I know. I'm like really mad it never got made. <laughs> Me too. It's not too late. Hollywood, <laughs> come on. Get with it. <laughs> Do it. And uh, so I was like excited about that. But then the next part of the dream, I was on the podcast uh-huh. um, and we were talking about Jude the Obscure <laughs> and... As we're about to start talking about it, I'm like, I didn't read this. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what happens. Oh, my God, I forgot to read it. <laughs> like, I'm literally sitting here like, oh, I, I don't think I read this. That is how I feel <laughs> like 50 to 60 percent of the time we do classics. I'm like, wait a minute. Did wait I a minute. This? <laughs> but I was so upset. And so on the podcast, I'm like talking about this while we're recording the podcast. And for some reason in the podcast, in like my dream, it was like live podcast oh like everybody was hearing real time me being like i didn't read this and we then, should do a live episode that'd, that'd be, be a train wreck i love it <laughs> and then i was like oh my god and he i was like wait what day is it ash because i just realized we were recording the podcast and we decided to record on saturday uh-huh. and you're like it's saturday and i was like oh no i thought it was friday i was like oh my god i totally missed my deadline to turn in my final project and i'm freaking out what a stressful week you had i didn't turn it in in. well let me tell you something that happened in real life oh no uh yesterday i uh got home from work and Uh i was working on my final project Uh uh-huh and i'm looking at the canvas um which is like the system that you turn stuff in mm-hmm. i'm looking at like the assignment for it and i'm like yeah may 6th that's when it's due yeah. and then my eye travels over and i see due at 9 30 a.m a.m and i had been operating under the assumption it was due at midnight on may 6th yeah like a and normal time. i 
was losing my mind because I literally, it was a prophetic dream. I literally missed the deadline to turn it in. That's horrible. I mean, I turned it in anyway, and yeah. I just left a note that was like, I am so sorry. I really thought this was due at midnight. So I'm just hoping that. I feel like that's very the, uh, reasonable. What's my professor takes it? What is due at 9.30 a.m.? Well, that's when at the time our class is. But yeah, but it's still. Our class is on Tuesday. So, like, I wasn't translating. Yeah, but what kind of assignment is due? It was. That you turn in online. It wasn't intuitive, but I should have been paying more attention, you know? Well, but if your professor has I was, a problem with it, that's very unreasonable. I'm really hoping that she's like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's the end of the semester. Because I it was still so. the same day, yeah, you know? It's not like it's it was the a same day, day. I feel like that would be really unreasonable. Even if it I'm was, really even if you saw it. that it was 9.30 and you turned it in later the same day, I feel like that's still pretty reasonable. Well... I don't know. I'm really hoping she feels that way. So I'm basically just vibing until I find out if I pass my class. That's not stressful at all. I am losing my mind. But you're wearing really pretty butterfly pants while you're doing thanks, it. So thanks. I like the butterfly embroidery. That's nice. But isn't that crazy that I had that dream and it and then actually it happened? happened? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that's it. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> I had a, back to the, to, to just hop very briefly back to your epistolary novel uh, mm-hmm. story this morning about the Dracula, like, club. Yeah. Uh, I had a dream, and then I woke up, and I've been turning it into an epistolary novel. <gasps> yeah. So, I mean, it's really just more like my little, like, playground area to get to write with uh-huh. no pressure, because I've put so much pressure on my main whip right now uh-huh. that I am, like, paralyzed with the pressure that's on it. And myself. So this other one, I'm like, this. Will, it's another one that's like, the concept is so zany. You guys may or may not know that I have a book published on Amazon, Space yes. Aliens, Southerners, and Saving the World. So it's zany. I feel like the title tells you right away it's very zany, and I didn't think a literary agent was going to want it. It was such a strange concept. But it's funny, so you guys should go check it out. Yeah, do it now. Um, it's Ashley O'Rourke, if anyone's in. They're like, we're not going to read it. Just please move on. <laughs> Anyways, so this other, this I had this dream, and I t- I'm turning it into this epistolary novel, mostly because it's fun and I've never done that before, and it might end up being a novella. Honestly, I don't know that it's going to be, like, really long, but it's it's been fun, but it's also really zany, and I used to, like, occasionally find some, like, zany books in bookstores, and I would be like, how did this get published? Because it's such a weird concept, mm-hmm. and I I used to think I could never come up with a concept so obscure. Huh, obscure. Obscure. Um. And then I realized the last few years, that's all I've done. And I'm like, what is happening? My brain is only coming up with stories that nobody wants because they're so weird. They're so out there. Like the whole concept is just like, okay, okay. (laughs) Uh, Sure, that could be a thing. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's not like an offensive thing that this exists, but I don't like it. It's like, it's like a, like pickles and peanut butter. Like, it's okay if you want that. (laughs) But, like, we're not going to serve that in restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to exactly. serve it at restaurants. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much exclusively what well, I've been. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. It might be, like, a romance type thing. It no might be, way. like, a, okay, I'll give you I'll give you the concept because this is probably never going to get published, but I'm not going to give anything away because I haven't even decided how it's going to end. But it basically, here's the setup that nobody asked for. Um, and I still have a story I wanted to tell about, like, my sexist experiences at the farm stores. But I'll, maybe I'll save that for next episode and keep you guys in suspense <laughs> Ooh, for another week about suspense. that one. Um, because I do want to give you the concept because you're going to totally do okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. So it starts out, there's a girl. She's in her, like, a, it's kind of like a fan. It's, so it's kind of 
a little bit think like the selection setting where it's in the future, mm-hmm. but it has kind of like a monarchy, like a uh-huh. monarchy situation going on. I'm so it's kind it. of like that setup. So she's like in her like royal bed chambers or whatever, and she's like wearing a wedding dress, <gasps> and we don't know who she's marrying, and she just looks really stressed out basically. And then she sits down to read like all her old journals and stuff, and so the story is basically told in these two parts, kind <gasps> of like ML Rio did with um. Uh, uh, if we were villains, with if we were villains, which we also covered on the pod, where like there's like a kind of briefer part that's like modern day, modern times, and then like flashes back. So it's going back and forth from that to like like the letters and journals that actually tell her story. And so basically, I'm like weaving this kind of like who she marrying type thing, and she's gonna like fall in love, and there's gonna be like multiple potential dudes that she might, for different reasons, have to marry. Oh my god! And so until the very end, I'm not gonna reveal <gasps> which one it is. But anyways, so this oh, is what that's my alley. That's right up my alley. I thought it would be. Oh my god, I love the suspense. I know, and it's like weirdly romantic, which I'm a little struggling with because that is not my. And then you get to vibe, like but... pick who your favorite is, and then at the end you're like, "Am I right?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my problem is like, for once, I actually like don't I don't have enough like love interests, but I need there to be like at least three, uh-huh. or else it's three not going to be a good fun. Number. Yeah, and it's like it's covering her life from age like ten to like age like. 20 something so like there's a lot of time in there for mm-hmm. her to meet people I just haven't figured it all out yet and I don't have to because it's no pressure because it's, it's no just pressure a, just it's just do a it fun project yeah so but I was like I think Kendall would really appreciate I this. love this idea but it's still it's a little zany the way it is too like she came from like a like originally like a little like prairie type town mm-hmm. so we also have like an old west type vibe going stop on stop talking right now or i'm going to <laughs> convulse you know like this is my thing it is it's like multiple different things that are your thing and like should they all be in one book maybe not yes but i'm doing it <laughs> the answer is yes the answer is yes i don't know would you guys read this or is it too zany no, it sounds great. I think so. You guys go read Space Alien Southerners first, though. Or, oh, exciting news for everybody. I have I, j- I recently told Spoons this, but I've decided if you've ever been like, maybe I would read that book if I didn't have to really commit to reading it and therefore listen to an audiobook because <laughs> that's what I do. And I'm like, I don't want to commit the time to sit down and read this. But would I have it like playing in the background while I'm doing other stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that's like the level of commitment you'd be willing to give my book, <laughs> I'm not offended at all. And soon you'll have the opportunity because I decided I'm going to record an audio book of it Yay. so i've actually had a few people ask for it they've been like i want to read this book but is it an audiobook and i've been like no and they're like okay never mind and i'm like <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> so i recently realized we have professional recording equipment i can do that for free i can produce so that exciting. with just lots of grueling hours of time so i'm going to do it for you guys and that means that um, i'm sorry if you don't like the sound of my voice but that's all it's gonna be uh, also, I'm not sure why you keep coming back to the pod if that's the case. I'm really grateful. And it's weird because I used to feel completely neutral about my voice. Like, I was like, it's not like it's, I never thought it was pleasant to listen to or unpleasant. And then now I have a complex because we do the podcast. And now I just always wonder. I'm like, does my voice just grate on anybody? <laughs> or like, do they, like, do our listeners have like a favorite, like your voice or my voice? Because I do that with yeah. podcasts. And I'm like, I like this person because I like their voice. And... You guys, I like. I'm like. Does anybody? Is anyone okay with my voice? <laughs> that's a level of self reflection I haven't even reached. I'm See? like, whatever. I don't care. See, well, that's, <laughs> that's what I usually am. Until I started thinking about the audiobook, I was like, how have I never considered that I might have a horrible speaking voice when I've been recording podcasts for three seasons? You do not have a horrible speaking voice. So well, thank you. Don't worry about it. That's that's a relief. So 
yeah, so that's gonna that'll be in the works, you guys. So you're welcome. I'm giving you guys a gift you didn't ask for and that you may not want to receive, but it will be there for you. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Take, Take it. it. Okay, um, so this week's book is Jude the Obscure by Thomas Hardy. I would not have necessarily ever known that this book existed. It's pretty obscure. It is pretty obscure. It was a book recommendation from one of Javi's friends, Christopher. So thank you for the book rec. Um, I will say this. It was like really, I was having actually a really good time reading it. And usually when I read classics, it's like I have to like slog my way through. And so it's not an enjoyable experience. There, This book is written in six parts because it was originally published as serials. Mm-hmm. So up until the sixth part, I was actually having a really good time. And we'll get to it in the summary. But then we hit part six, and then I I regretted everything. But up until then, it was actually really good. And despite being, like, a decent length, it actually kind of flew by for me, which has never happened with the classics. Yeah, it it did go pretty fast. Yeah. Um, Anyways, here, let me tell you guys a little bit I can't wait to hear more about Thomas Hardy. He is I know a little bit, but not a lot. So all of this stuff I got from Britannica and the Irish Times. So just credit to them. No .orgs, unfortunately, today. Mm. But um, so Thomas Hardy was born June 2nd, 1840 in Higher Bockhampton. Bockhampton? Listen, guys. Yes, he's a Gemini. You're right. You didn't let me do my build up to get the Zodiac. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You're like, he's a Gemini. He is. That makes and sense to me. it makes so much sense that he's a Gemini. When I read that, I was like, Oh, yep. duh, he's a Gemini. Obviously. 100%. <laughs> anyway, so that's in Dorset, England, and he's absolutely a Gemini. Everything you read in this book can confirm for you <laughs> that he's a Gemini. His whole life, you're like, yeah, he's obviously a Gemini. <laughs> he's the most Gemini that ever Geminied. Oh, man. Anyways, so he was an English novelist and poet who said a lot of his work in Wessex, which is how he referred to counties in southwestern England. So that's where a lot of his books took place. And he actually was pretty prolific in his writing mm-hmm. and poetry, although he considered that he considered poetry to be superior to prose. Mm. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Blank face you just gave. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I mean, poetry is just... I'll be honest, it's like one out of a hundred poems. I'm like, this is a really good poem. But it's like a really like one out of a hundred. <laughs> and I also am still a child in the sense where sometimes I'm like, but it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> I don't want it to rhyme. Like, hmm, this isn't poetry to me. <laughs> I do like Emily Dickinson. I really enjoy a lot of her well, poetry. Well, she's a queen. She's a queen. And her poetry is very simple and it doesn't rhyme. And that's probably the most pretentious thing about me, which is actually not that pretentious because her poems are very short. And I like that too. <laughs> but it sounds pretentious to be able to say, I love Emily Dickinson. Oh, I love Emily Dickinson's poems. Um, because they're like four lines long and they're just like <laughs> about, it's about like, I saw a bird today. <laughs> exactly. It's basically, I saw a bird today. It was a nice bird. And I'm like, I've seen birds that were nice birds. <laughs> wow. She's so relatable. She's like, I haven't left my house in eight years. You're like, oh, same. <laughs> same, dude. Yeah. That's, that's really entirely. The reason I like her are, are the least pretentious reasons for liking poetry. And some of them do rhyme. And I'm like, hell yeah. Emily really understood me. Whoa, Emily. <laughs> went off with this one <laughs> she did it's the only book of poetry i own i think oh no i have i do have one other one i think that was a gift from a teacher but mm-hmm. i think they were like ash needs to read more poetry <laughs> <laughs> anyways so thomas hardy was the eldest of four children and his father's name was also thomas hardy who was a stonemason and jobbing builder oh. i don't know what that means his wife's name was jemima <gasps> which is just pretty cute 
Also, I was just telling Kendall that we met a child yesterday. Her name was Tallulah. And I just am so in love with the name Tallulah. It's I a great name. I feel like it has, like, kind of similar vibes to Jemima. Mm-hmm. What if you had, like, It's, girls? like, three syllables and... Yeah. Uh, what if you had, like, two little girls and you named one of them Jemima and one of them Tallulah? Like, wouldn't those be, like, the cutest? That is cute. It would be, like, Jem and Tally would be their <gasps> little nicknames. Stop! Oh, my God. That's cute. I know. It's adorable. But Javi said no to the name Tallulah, so I guess... Okay, well, divorce. <laughs> I, know, I guess we have to divorce so I can adopt a child and name it Tallulah. Yeah. Actually, I'll just have him... I'll just be like, you know what, babe? I, I, here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go off on this a little bit. So picture this. I am whacked out on Demerol. I'm in the hospital. <laughs> I've given birth to a beautiful baby girl. Or I'm, I'm in the process of giving uh-huh. birth. The doctor's like, it's going to just be a little while longer now. Like, we're really close to giving birth. And I'm going to be like, you know, Javi, I'm going to, when the doc, when, he, when he's out, he's, they're going to say that. Uh-huh. And then he's going to come back into the room. And I'll be like, Javi, they said it's going to be like an, another few hours. You know what? You really deserve to just go get sloshed. You just, you deserve <laughs> it. You know, these last nine months I know have been so rough on you. So I'm just going to stay here and chill. You go get sloshed. And then I'm going to give birth to the child and name the child while yeah. he's sloshed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a really good idea. Do you think he would really go get sloshed while you're actively giving birth? I think he might if I gave him permission. I don't know. I think a lot of men would. I think a startling amount of men would be like, yeah, because I think he'll also be anxious and concerned for my health. I would so be it's like a win-win if like my partner was giving birth. Right? <laughs> I would be, be stressed like, okay. too. Well, I think he'd be stressed but also be like and I could go watch the game and I can relax. Like when he gets stressed, he's like I'm just going to like treat myself to relax. Mm. Like that's how he deals with it, which I guess is good. When I'm stressed, I'm just like I'm just going to continue to be stressed mm-hmm. until I can fix it. So I think if I gave him permission, he might be like, win-win. I can go distract myself from how concerned I am for Ash right now. And I can also watch the game without being hassled and just drink a ton of alcohol. I kind of think I don't he think might. he would do it. You don't think so? No. I think it's a toss-up. <laughs> I think it's toss. I think it depends. If the Cowboys were playing, I don't know. Well, okay, maybe. <laughs> because he did tell me I'm not allowed to get pregnant in a time where I would give birth during football <laughs> season, which I told him is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> see, you he knows that. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. But see, at least with this plan, I could name our daughter Tallulah. In or this, son. Or, you know, whatever works. Yeah. Tallulah is the name. Tallulah's so. got to be the name. Tallulah Aeschylus. Tallulah Aeschylus Dragon Slayer O'Rourke. It just keeps getting better. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I love how we're not letting go of Aeschylus. <laughs> it's so good. I Part of me thinks that if I can, like, really convince Javi... Like, about how badass Aeschylus is as a prince. He's the prince character in Romeo and Juliet. If you guys are like, who's that obscure person? Obscure is the word today. Um, <laughs> then maybe if I could convince him he's, like, badass enough, Javi might be like, okay. Maybe if I first, like, he's, like, a king yeah. instead of a prince. Javi loves kings. Javi <laughs> loves kings. He just, yesterday I was like, it's so weird how you're playing video games and I'm here on my lunch break painting the trim. Isn't that funny how that's what's happening right now? And he was like, well, because I'm a king. And I'm like, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> that's funny. There is some primal part of his brain that really, I think, honest to God, <laughs> thinks that he is, like, descended from this line of Irish kings and that he, therefore, should have the same amount of, like, power as an Irish king. Like, I swear, I think somewhere in the very back of like, his mind. Like, he wouldn't admit it, but it's there. But you know? it's actually yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so. We're all a little delusional. It's fine. I'm very delusional, so I really can't say anything. Anyway, so Thomas Hardy, he grew up in kind of an isolated area in this little cottage and the... uh. 
edge of open heathland, whatever that means. That's a Britannica thing. <laughs> so he was really ill as a kid very often, and he continued to be ill on and off throughout his life, which oh, is rough. That sucks. Yeah. Um, he his so his early part of life his life was pretty rural so like lots of like getting getting to see the seasons change in nature and so that influenced his work later which is fun and one of my favorite things so he spent a year at the village school when he was around eight years old and then he moved on to schools in dorchester uh and that's where he got you know schooling in mathematics and latin and he just continued on in that schooling so i mean impressive i mean i don't think that they were rich but it doesn't it really didn't note that they were like impoverished or anything right so he lived out in that rural area, still got some school, and then tr- shortly before his 22nd birthday, he moved to London, became a draftsman, which I think is something to do with architecture, I think. Um, he was, yeah, because uh, he was started working for an ecclesiastical architect, oh. which I don't really understand what this means, but in Jude the Obscure in the book, the Jude, the character, was an ecclesiastical stonemason, I think, or something. Yeah. Which I'm just like, does that mean that you work on, like, a certain type of religious building because that's kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, and didn't they say Sue was doing ecclesiastical yeah, like art. artwork or something? Yeah. So they're like, it's just like mind blowing to me. Maybe this is just less of a thing in America and more of a thing in countries where there's like Christianity has been around for so long that like the separate like denominations have be- are so have so much history that I guess you could just specialize in one or the other. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I didn't do enough research on that. I didn't either because I still don't understand. I was like, okay, sometimes I just read things and I'm like, okay. That's what I did this time. I was like, I'm just going to assume I have like a very, very vague understanding and move on because I don't care that much. It's not that important to the story. So he was, he got sick again, unfortunately, and he moved back to Dorset in 1867. Um, Let's see. In the mid-1860s, a lack of finances and apparently a declining religious faith kind of forced him to abandon uh, his... He had decided he'd want to go to university and he wanted to be ordained as an Anglican priest and he basically kind of decided, no, I don't want to do that. That's expensive and I'm not, like, super into religion like that much anymore. So, kind of changed his mind, which is funny because that's also kind of... This is, like, what happens in Jude. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff that happens to Jude in this book that... Yeah. Anyways. Um... So, let's see, he was intensely private when he was studying, so also kind of like Jude, uh, but basically, he was just an intellectual his whole life, you can tell, because he had these habits of just, like, going off and just, like, studying hardcore what he wanted to do. Uh, So, he started reading poetry more, and then he started developing his poetic skills. This has systematically, like, developed his poetic skills, which sounds exactly like him, like... Yeah. I, will, I will give him this. This is not the most Gemini thing about him, but he was so organized in his study and what he chose to pursue, I feel like. But he did change his mind a lot, which I feel like is very Gemini. So <laughs> I'm just saying. So let's see. Uh, he started writing poetry in the 1860s that would later be published in some of his later volumes of poetry. Uh, in 1867, he wrote, he started, 1867 and 1868, he started writing some like more class conscious novels. Uh, they were considered by some publishers in London, but not actually published. So basically, like, you have potential. And that's that. Mm-hmm. It's like when you receive the, the rejection letters from literary agents that are like, uh, a lot <laughs> of the good market. potential. <laughs> it's the market. Or this isn't right for my list at this yes. time. And you're like, please be a little more vague, could you? Um, 
Let's see. Uh, basically, they told him that his novel was a little bit too opinionated for them to want to publish. So then instead, he decided to write something called Desperate Remedies in 1871, uh, which was influenced by the sensation fiction of the time. Ooh. Yeah. So that did well, of course, because we're like, we don't want opinions. We want explosions. <laughs> <laughs> the big budget action, action films of the time. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Uh, in March of 1870, Hardy had been basically sent to make an architectural assessment of this little, this little tiny kind of dilapidated church in Cornwall. Cornwall is great, by the way. Like, I so want to go there. So that's where he met the rector's sister-in-law, Emma Lavinia Gifford, who became his wife four years later. So they courted for four years. They, like, had this, like, romantic meet, and they fell in love. She was also literary. So it was, like, a great minds kind of thing. Did you say sister-in-law? The sister-in-law of the rector. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not his sister-in-law. I was like, he fell in love with his own sister-in-law. With his sister-in-law. <laughs> no, um... And so basically, she actively assisted him in his literary endeavors while pursuing mm. her own, although hers, I think, kind of, I mean, definitely got overshadowed. Uh, and apparently, uh, he heavily drew upon their relationship when he wrote A Pair of Blue Eyes in 1873. So oh. how much do you want to bet that her eyes were blue? <laughs> I feel very <laughs> certain her eyes mm. were blue. Um <laughs> Uh, however, her family was socially his superior, so her family obviously objected to the match, and they got married anyways four years later. Uh, honeymoon in France, settled in London, and this was kind of where there started to be a strain on the relationship, which is a bummer, because until then, like, they were just, like, she, I think she was just really vivacious is how she was described. You know, she had, like, big dreams and ambitions. She was really intellectual and smart. Mm-hmm. She could probably hold discourse with him, which was probably fun because he was such a nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they get married. Like four or five years later, they're settling down in London, and she's from Cornwall. She liked the country life, so she's not enjoying being in the city. There's like none of none of the comforts that she values are there at all, basically. And all of his literary ambitions are like the main, you know, the main stage thing, and her stuff is all kind of getting shoved off to the side. So it's not delightful. Basically, they start to become kind of estranged from each other. She decides to just live in the attic. Like oh no, like a Mrs. Rochester situation. Oh my god! So she just like lives in the attic, and they remain estranged until she dies. That sucks. Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. Um, but in 1872, back to Jude. Back to Jude. See, I totally think of him as Jude. <laughs> back to Thomas Hardy. He gave up architecture and he started writing serials, mm-hmm. and that's where we get some of some of his work like this one that we're reading today um but some of his most famous popular stuff so let's see although living under the same roof emma and thomas uh would sometimes go on holidays um sometimes together most often apart and that but basically everybody knew that their marriage was over which you can very much see this kind of like based on this experience in Jude the Obscure Mm -hmm. and this was apparently there was like a whole like introduction that was like written by um by Thomas Hardy himself like a few years after it had initially been published as a serial basically kind of like defending it and saying that so many people thought he was trying to like attack marriage and he's like I wasn't trying to attack marriage. I wanted to highlight the dangers of getting into marriage when you don't really understand, like, what marriage means. But he also clearly had some different ideas about marriage. Like, I think, like, he, I definitely think, like, would agree with uh, 
like casual divorce seems to be like more like he seems to agree with that, which is still a debated thing. But so basically that debate is still going on. But it was really heated back then, of course, because it was like no divorce under any circumstances. Yeah. Which is a bad idea. And he was like, that's stupid. And they were like, you're stupid. And so some people <laughs> really, really liked him when this book came out. And some people were like, he is the devil. And so, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't think he was right about everything. I think he was wrong about a lot. But I think he had some points. Oh, definitely. I'm not saying I agree with him. I was just yeah. saying, yeah, that happened yeah. to a lot of people, I'm sure. No, it's true. <laughs> I, and as always, like, there's there's usually with really intellectual people who think a lot, they're typically right about some stuff because they've been thinking about this a lot and then wrong in some stuff because they're humans. Right, right. And so anyways, it's really, it's still a really interesting book, like regardless of, I mean, it's just so funny that people got so up in arms. I'm like, yeah, but did you enjoy it? <laughs> did you enjoy <laughs> the like, story? No. I'm like, oh yeah, fair. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah. Um, so Hardy really wanted to establish himself as a professional member of the middle class, but it was kind of difficult because in the town where he was at this time in his life, um, they moved back to Dorset. Oh yeah. So they're basically, they moved back and forth from London to Dorset a few times. Um, so anyways, he was having a hard time basically breaking free of his like more humble rural background and he didn't want to be associated with it. Oh my. Somebody keeps calling me about Aww. modernize your home project. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Text me, email me, leave me a message. Ash, Why aren't they don't leaving you me a message? Modernize your home project? No, I don't. <laughs> I do not want to modernize my home project. Okay, so let's see. Uh he became appointed as a local magistrate and started designing and building Maxgate, which is the house just outside of Dorchester where he lived until his death from this point on. So he kind of tried to, like, increase his reputation by becoming a local magistrate. And I guess he did. Um, so in kind of in, like, the last phase of his fictional career, he wrote possibly his two, like, most popular books. Uh, I can't pronounce it. Tests of the D'Urbervilles? Oh, yeah. That one. You heard of it? Yes. I hadn't heard of it. That was in 1891. And then Jude the Obscure, which we're doing today in 1895. When was Far From the Madding Crowd published, does it say? Uh, I think earlier in his yeah. career. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't have the exact yeah, date okay. on it. So, so the first one, Tess, uh, is not, con so it's considered, uh, one of his most poetic novels and Jude the Obscure is considered his bleakest novel. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, they're both known for their sympathetic representations of working class characters. Like, I guess Tess, the main character, is this milkmaid and Jude is a stonemason who just wants to improve his circumstances. Um, and I will say, like, it seemed, it's, it, like, I don't know about Tess, because I haven't read that one, but Jude the Obscure definitely took, like, a very, like, gritty, realistic look at some stuff in life. Like, the really, like, high ups and the really low downs, and then at the end I was still didn't like it, but, um, <laughs> I didn't like, if I was just gonna rate it from, like, parts one through five, it would be fantastic. And then he just had to go and write part six. It's just the worst. It's I, just the worst. <laughs> like, are you serious right now? Yeah. It's also, so these were also set and written in a, like, it's a little bit confusing because it's, like, right on the bridge between 19th and 20th century. So mm -hmm. this is, like, really more, it's really more like 20th century literature because it's right before the start of it. So it's pre-20th century. And you can, you can just really tell, like, the way, like, a lot of stuff has changed in society and the books and stuff. Like, everything's mm -hmm. kind of in transition. Just, like, the characters are constantly constantly in transition um let's see already talked about that uh emma hardy so his wife his estranged wife died in 1912 um so they had been estranged for 20 years at that point wow yeah 
And then two years later, Thomas married Florence Emily Dugdale, who was 38 years younger than him. Ooh, okay, Thomas. I don't uh, like that at all. 30, mm. Yeah, he's got to be an old man by then. Yeah. Right? Apparently, his second wife sometimes, sometimes found her situation difficult. I'm like, no kidding. <laughs> who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? I don't like it at all. <laughs> it's upsetting. <laughs> uh, anyway, so basically... They're basically people who have studied his life and stuff think that he wouldn't have been as prolific in his old age as a writer if not for her, though, because she basically I feel like she just played nurse to him is mm-hmm. basically what it is. But he kept writing even into his like much older age, which isn't as typical for these guys. So, I mean, good for him, I guess. But poor her. I feel like she did not get the winning end of that bargain. Anyways, he died on January 11th in 1928. And his remains were interred in Westminster Abbey. Oh. Well, his separated heart was buried in the churchyard of his native parish. Is that a thing people did? Creepy. That is creepy. <laughs> I'm like, ew, Your who heart. wants to be the one to separate his heart? That's freaky. Yeah. Just get all in there and Ugh. pull it out. And then take a bite. Ew, why are you doing this? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> trying to go see yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's Thomas Hardy. Interesting Yay. man. I definitely, reading about his life made me, like, more opinionated about some of the stuff in his book, because it made me go, yeah, I definitely don't agree with him on this or that. <laughs> he sounds pretty wild. He sounds well, pretty wild, yeah. I have seen the um, Far From the Madding Crowd, the movie, mm-hmm. and it is so good, Is it way. really? Yeah, I'm obsessed with it. Um, it has one of the best kisses I've ever seen in no cinematic saliva. history. No, like, No saliva, string. but, like full of that like <gasps> they're finally doing it that oh thing. cool it's so good you've got to watch it when um, was it made? i kind of want to read it uh the one i watched was made not that long ago nice a couple years ago okay cool um i want to be cultured enough to like black and white movies but i am sorry i'm not cultured enough typically it's rare <laughs> it's not a black and white movie it's okay, a, cool. more of a modern film Sweet. but the main character's named bathsheba oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah and uh She's awesome. Um, she's kind cool. of a girl boss. Um, Hell yeah. He did. So that was another thing was that he, um, people didn't like him because he was writing girl boss characters. That's another <laughs> thing people had criticism of. Yeah, I imagine. And I was like, yeah, okay. I mean. But yeah, okay. So I guess I'll talk about the book. <laughs> you sound um, so thrilled. Basically, I also, okay, as soon as I started this, I was like, because I knew nothing about this. I didn't even know Thomas Hardy was the author. I was not paying attention at all. <laughs> and I just started listening to the audiobook. And uh-huh. then I like was like, oh, oh, it's like a it's like a 19th century coming of age novel. I was like, this is exactly my jam. Yeah. And then I was freaking out. And then I was like, oh, my God, Thomas Hardy wrote this. <laughs> I know. I had the same then- <laughs> thing because I just added Jude the Obscure to the list. And then when I was like ordering it off thrift, thrift, well, I can't speak thrift mm-hmm. books, I was like, Wait, Thomas Hardy? I know that name. Yeah. It's Thomas Hardy. Okay. Yeah. He's like a legitimate, like... He's like a famous guy. Yeah, he's a famous dude. So I started it, and I was like, okay, I am vibing so hard with this. I was loving it. Um, I was really going with it, and I was having a fun time. A little bit of his early beginnings, Jude's beginnings, I'm thinking of it now. Like, for some reason, the vibe of his, like, early, like, r- little rural beginnings mm-hmm. remind me of... One of the books that you wrote and sent me, one of your characters, he had he kind of was like in a small smaller mm. rural town. Oh beginning. yeah, he was a um, coppersmith. Yes, <laughs> the vibe was the very early, early like vibe 
was so similar to me. Yeah, I really was enjoyed like it. a nice little coppersmith boy. Also a little bit of a Johnny Tremaine early vibe. It's Holy. all that vibe. By the way, did you see I added that to our season four reading no, list? No, did you? <laughs> I've been adding a bunch of stuff. Because you just want to fangirl Sorry about Johnny Tremaine. Season four reading list so far is all my favorite books. Um, no, it's actually, and it's a lot of book recs from you guys too. So I think we still oh, yeah. have some spots there is you guys still some space. I've been trying to hold back. We don't have to do all of the things I put on there. No, we but, can. I, um, I trust you. You have good taste in books. I, have, I don't know if I've added anything from my own like personal. Well, I was yet. thinking, I, I was know. like, we haven't done any mermaid books. <gasps> we need, I, so I added Emily Winsnap on there. Oh, cute. And, uh, maybe That's a good Ingo. Idea. Ing- okay. Um, yes, we're going to do Emily Winsnap and Ingo. Yes. You guys buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ash, I can't believe you haven't added this. Um. So anyway. Yay. But uh, yes. So basically our main character, Jude, is um, this little boy at the beginning of the novel. And he's very sweet. And he's very, like, tender-hearted, and he doesn't like to see anything hurt, in, hurt or in pain yeah. or anything. So one of the first things we see from him... Oh, well, basically, his uh, there's this teacher mm-hmm. who he really likes who is leaving... Mr. Phillotson. Mr. Phillotson. Yeah. And he's going to Christminster, mm-hmm. which is this, like, reoccurring place in the book. <laughs> the Golden It's sea. basically, like... <laughs> I read that it's supposed to be kind of like Oxford. Okay. Um, I kind of got makes that sense. vibe. It's yeah. like this place of like intellect and everybody intellect can and... speak Latin there and all yeah. this. And so Jude is very uh, bookish and he loves reading and mm-hmm. like learning things. Yeah. And so he's kind of like, wow, Mr. Phillotson's going off to do amazing things with literature and stuff. Yeah. And he's all excited. Um, but then we see... <laughs> He like gets in trouble because he's supposed he has this little job where he's supposed to be like scaring Aww. birds off of this farmer's field, field. and he's like, like oh, they're hungry. Yeah, so he starts feeding them instead, and then he gets in trouble yeah. for it. And this is kind of like showing how sweetie he is. But um, he lives with his aunt, his mm-hmm. great aunt, who's a baker. She doesn't like super care about him. No, <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Yeah, but she's like, just so you know, you can never get married. And he's like, what? And she's like. It's bad luck in our family. Yeah. Like, every every marriage, they end up splitting up. Which is, like, nowadays, like, that's not that significant. In the pre-20th century, very significant to say that. Because it wasn't common for marriages to, like, dissolve or be dissolved or stuff. Well, I'm sure a lot of people didn't want to stay married, but they just felt like they But that's the thing. To. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. like they had better... In fact, I would say probably a lot of them were way worse marriages. Oh, I'm sure. But it wasn't like a social norm that you could leave a marriage. Right, right. So... But somehow Jude's parents, like, their whole family line... Yeah, they like, all do it. <laughs> they all do it, even though it's very uncommon at that time. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah so Jude's parents are dead so mm-hmm. he's staying with her yeah and so yeah. there's like almost this curse on the family it yeah seems. it really felt like a curse um so then jude just is kind of growing up and he's growing up and he just reads all the time mm-hmm. he loves reading and he's like teaching himself latin and greek and stuff mm-hmm. and he gets like his little job driving the little buggy and he yeah. kind of just spends a lot of time with himself being intellectual yeah um and then he gets a little bit older and when he's, like, 19, I think, he ends up meeting this girl named Arabella. Oh, Arabella. And she is, like, they live in, like, this little town called Mary Green, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I love that name I for a town. I knew you were going to love that name. <laughs> I was like, this is such a Kendall name I for saw a it town. and I was like, wow, this is amazing. There's a lot of this book that is just a Kendall book. It, and then, See, that's why I was like, it started out so promising. Yeah, it did. Arabella's kind of, she's a little rough spun country girl, basically. 
And, uh, I mean, Jude is too, technically, but he's kind of... But he wants his, to better himself. Yeah, he's very much... Not that there's anything wrong with being a rough-spun country person. No. But he's I don't, very much... That's not my problem with Arabella um, at all. <laughs> Arabella's problems. a little bit conniving. Um, she's she, so manipulative. <laughs> she really is. Yeah. She basically gets... Jude and Arabella go on a date. Because mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I mean, she's pretty. And he's kind of like, I mean, sure, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. Um. So they go on a date where they're like walking around mm-hmm. and at first i'm like hey this could be cute because yeah. they seem to like get along really at well first i thought it was cute too they're a little bit different but they're mm-hmm. like they seem to compliment each other i was yeah. like that's kind of cute yeah and um but then he, so they go back and um then he's kind of like oh this is like everyone's putting a lot of pressure on this to like be a thing yeah because he's realizing everybody's like oh now they're courting and he's like i just wanted to walk around yeah but he's like i mean okay um, and Arabella has it in her head that she's like, I am going to marry him. Like, yeah. I have to have him. I truly feel like she was like, mm, I want a, I want a husband. And then she saw him because there's what, like two or three dudes in town. And she's like, it'll be him. <laughs> yeah. And I will find a way to make him marry me. <laughs> yeah. And by all accounts, he's handsome. They yeah. mentioned it a couple times. He's handsome. He's sweet. He's gentle. Yeah. You could do way worse than way Jude worse. Folly. Yes. That's his last name, Folly. Um, and so Arabella's friend's basically convince her hey it would be a great idea if you pretended to be pregnant if you seduce if him, you seduce him and then pretend and to then be pregnant. if you're pregnant he has to marry you yeah. and she's like oh great idea and i was like Not oh we're getting crazy in here like i was like oh <laughs> this is a little scandalous so yeah. she seduces him, mm-hmm. and they... She, like, tries really hard to seduce him. Because he's not getting <laughs> he's it up. He's not really what's going on. <laughs> I'm like, sweet, here, dude. Dude is just such a good person. Like, he's just so sweet. He really did, yeah. Um, He started out pretty good. Yeah. I have issues, but That's anyway, they... So they're, they're hooking up, and mm-hmm. uh, then he's kind of eventually like, okay, I mean, I think I'm going to go to Christminster now, because he has this whole plan where he's yeah. like, I'm going to go to Christminster exactly. and he was and like, and I scholar. never wanted to, like, court seriously. Right. Like, Arabella basically told everybody that they're courting, and Jude was like, I am not really a part of this. But he did keep having sex with her. So. He did. I <laughs> he will. was into it. I he, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure but... he was. It takes two to tango. (laughs) (laughs) It does. So he, but he still has this Christminster dream of like going there and being an intellectual and a scholar and all this. Yeah. Um, But he's, oh, he's working as a stonemason. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Um, But then Arabella's like, oh, you can't leave. I'm literally pregnant right now. How could you do this to me? And he's like, oh, I didn't know. He's like, well, of course I'm not going to leave you. I didn't know you were pregnant. And so then they get married. Mm -hmm. She's like, actually, I'm not pregnant. (laughs) Yes. And you're like, and I knew, of course, like, of course. And yeah. So like a couple months after he's like, so when is the baby coming? And she's like, oh, it's not coming. (laughs) She's like, I made a mistake. And he's like, what what do you mean you made yeah, a mistake? Because at this point they're kind of he's starting to realize I don't know if I like being married to Arabella. So no. he's kind of like great. Arabella's like kind of a bitch. Now I got <laughs> married really to her mean for to him. no reason. Yeah. And uh, they're just not suitable really. Like not at all. He, like she's not the worst person ever, but like I don't know that I'd be friends with her. Like she's she doesn't seem like a very nice person. Yeah, and she's not evil or cruel. Yeah, but she's not nice. She can kind of be mean. No, and they just don't have any similar Nothing interests in common at all. Like at all, no, don't even like a common like perspective on life. Like no. they have nothing in they common. They really don't have anything. Um, mm-hmm. and so, but they're married. Um, mm-hmm. and so uh, 
But then things are going really bad and Jude kind of spirals because mm-hmm. he's like, I've made a huge mistake. And so he like gets really drunk and then he tries to kill himself. But yeah. like, not really. He sort yeah. of does. Well, he tries that and then he's and then he's like, oh, wait, I could just get really drunk instead. And you're like. <laughs> Sweetie, <laughs> yeah. sweetie, sweetie. Yeah, that's right. It was that order. What, like a, what a terrifying step <laughs> to skip. He was literally like, hmm, oh, yeah, I guess I understand now why all these guys just get drunk all the time. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? And so oh, then dude. Arabella's not happy either. And she's like, um, I'm leaving. She's <laughs> just like, so I'm going to move to Australia without you. Yes, because our family's moving to Australia. They're pig farmers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And she's like, yeah, so, um, bye. And he's like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's gone. Yep. And so then Jude, after Arabella's gone, he does end up moving to Christminster. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of like, oh, this is pretty cool. But he doesn't, the only people he knows who live there are Mr. Phillipson and mm-hmm. he found out about this cousin he has Sue. named Sue, mm-hmm. who's like this very pretty. He has her, her picture, like he yeah, because from had the seen aunt. Her picture from the, the aunt. aunt was like, "Do not go see her, Jude." And Jude's like, "I won't, I won't, I won't." Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. He's like, All, "Maybe I he will. basically starts stalking her." Yeah, he does. He finds yeah. out where she probably works because he knows a little bit about her. Mm-hmm. He finds her, and then he just kind of like keeps you know happening to run into her, but like they don't really talk or yeah, anything. Yeah, he hasn't introduced himself. No, he's just, because he's still kind of being he's trying to convince himself that he's not in love with her yeah but he's like we're just cousins i just feel kinship and yes like, oh, and you i'm are like head if over that's heels, the truth then why don't you just go talk to her but yeah. instead he's like i can't talk to her because uh that would be bad because i'm married and i'm like okay if you're not which, in love with her it doesn't matter oh uh, yeah no he's so <sighs> in love with her which is okay I have an issue because they're being because they're cousins. They're literally cousins. I have an issue with it too, <laughs> but I don't think that they had a big as big of an issue with it back then. No, but even I think at this point though in history they were already like it's not great to marry your cousin. It's not great. Yeah, it was still like, like it was still not the most unacceptable thing. No, but, but it they wasn't great. Acknowledge it in the book. They're like, mm, it would be yeah. better if we weren't cousins. It's in the it's that transitionary <laughs> time. It's like it's it's that time where like Sorry. they're slowly getting to the point where they're saying. Okay, we're about to say no more cousin marrying. <laughs> we're about to be done with this. We're about to be done with this. And so it's like they're at that phase oh. where like it's still not totally unacceptable yet. Like it's just basically like kind of considered like a bad match. Yes. Like level where you're like it's not an atrocity. It's an atrocity. <laughs> it is an atrocity. It Don't is. marry your cousin. Don't marry your cousins, guys. But it's not considered that bad yet. It's yeah. just like a, a poor decision, basically. Right. It was... Yeah, so I was like, okay, Jude, I I can't do this I with you so right now. I was so upset about it, but then, <laughs> like, what their relationship developed into, I was almost like, I hate it, I hate the cousin marriage thing, but, like, or the cousin relationship <laughs> thing, but I, it's so, this is so well written, and their relationship is so interesting, that I'm willing to look past it and still enjoy the book. I mean, I was just willing to accept it as, like, this is just a historical novel, so of course there's going to be yeah, weird cousin but see, stuff. I, but that usually hangs me up bad, and I'll be like, well, now I'm going to hate the rest of the book. But I was like, actually, this is, I'm still going to, I'm still going to enjoy the rest of this book, and I'm just yeah. going to overlook it, which when, I don't usually do. Right, right. Because when they do finally meet, they get along really well. Really well. And so they, like, hang out, and they're really hitting it off and all this. And she's like, I can't believe you didn't talk to me, and you knew I was here and all this. And yeah. he's like, well, my aunt told me not to. And I'm like, that's not the reason. Yeah. Um, but so they're <laughs> hanging out, and then he's like, oh, hey, I know somebody else who lives here. 
But they basically end up going to see Mr. Phillipson, mm-hmm. who doesn't remember Jude. Yeah. Because it's been like 20 years or something. But he's, all. <laughs> but he's like, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess come in. So they're all hanging out. And Mr. Phillipson is a teacher in like a town like a little bit away. Mm-hmm. So it's like walkable, but not in Christminster anywhere. Yeah. Sue is working as like an artist, mm-hmm. but she sort of gets herself fired from that because she's like got these like Greek god statues. Yeah. She got in trouble for yeah. having these profane quote unquote <laughs> Greek god statues. So she's like, well I have you know, she wants to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so Mr. Felton's a teacher and mm-hmm. it just kind of works out where she's like, hey, I can probably um you know, help get you a job, like working with him and all this. Yeah. But then it backfires on Jude because mm-hmm. Mr. Phillipson and Sue start like dating each other, basically. Kind of, yeah. Sort of. Mr. Phillipson's definitely wanting Mr. to Phillipson's marry her. Mr. Phillipson's like dating her and she's like tolerating. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> he's like, he's like 45 and they're like 20. So yeah. it's like, it's a little weird, but yeah. um, you not know like what? the worst. I would just have to point out that in this book, like, he, basically Jude's character throughout begins to think, actually, this is a really bad idea because of the age. And you can see how it becomes extremely problematic. Mm-hmm. But then Thomas. Thomas Hardy went and did the same thing, but worse, because it was 38 years. I was wondering when you said that how that managed to happen, because it seemed like he was against it. Gemini in him. No offense, Gemini, but he clearly changed his mind on that one. Thomas. Well, when it, yeah, when it's him, he's yeah. like, oh, well, I'm a catch. Yeah, I'm a catch. <laughs> I'm not so like gross Mr. Phillipson. <laughs> oh, gross Thomas Hardy. <laughs> oh, come on, Thomas. Um, that's going on, but Jude and Sue are still seeing each other, and they're like besties at this point. But Jude is definitely in love with her. Yeah. Um, Sue does not seem to be in love with anyone. <laughs> no. Um, but Sue... She like, has conversations about, like, uh, why do people have to see that I'm a woman? And, like, basically, she just, like... I mean, part of me sympathizes with this, and part of me is just, like, you gotta wise up a little bit, Sue. Because she's like, men keep falling in love with me, and I just don't understand why they can't just see me as a human and not as a woman. And I'm like, because they... Because you are, because they can't. I, I don't... You're I'm I, like, in an ideal world, you're right. Yeah, but I'm like, you are right, world. Sue, but also, like... Wise up. <laughs> like, you're right, but also don't... She just... It, she did the thing, and it made me cringe a little bit, where, like, girls are like, I just don't understand why all these... All my guy friends keep getting crushes on me. And you're like, yes, you do understand. You don't like it. You wish it wasn't that way, but you're not stupid. So you do know why. <laughs> Sometimes she does seem like she's doing that on purpose, where she's like, oh, I didn't know that. And then yeah, like, exactly. Yes, you did, she, Yeah, you did. It's that thing where, like, she walks that line of... Like, I I absolutely hate when men are like, oh, she led me on. Because I think it's largely not the case. I think largely it is more the thing of, like, we were, I thought we were just friends. Mm-hmm. And then because I'm a girl, it, they, they took it a different way. I do think that that still happens a lot. And that's what Sue is saying. But I think that Sue walks that line of she sometimes does lead them on a little bit. I think that she doesn't want to admit that she does, but I think just a little bit. Like, how could she with Jude for so long? Their relationship- well, they're cousins! <laughs> yes, but their relationship was so intimate. I'm like, she acted like she wasn't aware of how he felt about her and how she felt about him for so long. I'm like, but other than that, she's an extremely empathetic and intellectual person. I'm like, you're not stupid. Like, you're not an yeah, idiot, Yeah, I see Sue. that point. I feel but like I- she was in self-denial. Yeah, maybe. I think that... 
I can't blame her for that one, though. They're literally cousins. I'm I like, know. I would never want my to imagine my cousin sees me in a romantic way. God. But she sees him in a romantic way, too. She didn't. I don't think she did. I, I think she only started thinking that in, when she found out he did. But yeah, that's know. possible. But I also, well, Thomas Hardy, there's uh, in Far From the Madden Crowd, there's a similar plot line where mm-hmm. um, the main character... She sends, I honestly, I think actually I'm on their side. I'm, yeah, yeah, because she sends like kind of a like funny, like flirty Valentine's note to this Mm -hmm. guy as like a joke, sort of, because she's like just kind of silly. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so when are we getting married? And Ah! she's like, uh, we're not. And he's like, you bitch. Oh, that's so hard. Like, maybe that's kind of what he's doing again. Yeah, you know? it is. It's that it's the gray area where you're like, you can't really blame her, but you wish they knew better because they should know better. But also you're like, they didn't actually do anything wrong. They just could have handled this better. I feel like that's actually Sue's situation with all these like, quote unquote, dude friends. She's like, I just don't know why they fall in love with me. Like, I won't. I won't, I'm not upset with her for them falling in love with her because that's stupid. So that's like the part about, she led me on. I can't deal with the men who are saying this most of the time. <laughs> but with Sue's thing, it's her, I just don't understand how it keeps happening. <laughs> it's like those people who are like, I didn't even study. And you're like, yeah. You're like, no one wants to hear this. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, we get it. You're just so beautiful we get and it. irresistible. Everyone's in love with you. Everyone falls in love with you. And you think after it happened the first time, you wouldn't be so surprised and, like, doe-eyed about it happening. It's like, it's yeah. like willful naivete. And that's what, like, just annoys me. Because yeah, I'm like, I see that. Mm, Sue, it's not a good I will luck. say, after, at first I wasn't thinking that, but then there was one part toward, sort of, like, after a lot had happened between Jude and yeah. Sue, where I was like, okay. There's no way she doesn't know. He's That's what I'm saying. At first, I was like, Sue is great. She's full of life. She's so independent and interesting and smart. And then it was around that time where you're like, okay, you should really see it now. And then she said something to Jude about how men keep falling in love with her and she just doesn't understand how or something. And I'm like, okay, I can't. I can't do this with you, Sue. I can't. I was hoping that this wasn't where this was going with you, but it clearly is. It's uh, just. Yeah, so they're like hanging out. But then. Mr. Um, Phillotson. Yeah. Well, okay. So Sue ends up going and like going to this training program basically because for schools or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for what like it is. teachers. Yeah. So she it's very and Mr. Phillotson are going to get married and like maybe run a school together. Yeah. But only after she does this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like very strict. It's like almost like nun training or something. It basically is. Um, it's like really strict. And Phillotson knows the people. So he kind of got her in because it's a really exclusive. Right. Yeah. And so Jude goes to visit her there and mm-hmm. they like have this fun day where they go hang out and stuff. Yeah. Well, then he like moves there because I think he lost his job or something. Right. Because he's he... spiraling all the time because yeah. he's in love with his cousin. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he is he is spiraling all the he's, time. He's like literally always losing Except his mind. Except for like it's like in part four or five. There's like a really like this window of time where everything is good. And I'm just like, God, I love this for you, Jude. There was a little bit of. Yeah, that was my the... favorite part of the book. Spoiler alert. That's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> when everything is going well. Yes. When they're not spiraling. They go bad a lot, though, for they do. our boy. So they go bad a lot. 
they have this fun day, but then Sue gets in a lot of trouble because she basically skips class to go mm-hmm. hang out with Jude, and yeah. everyone is like, what a slut. I can't believe she went and hung out with some random guy, and mm-hmm. they're like, no, it's her cousin, and they're like, yeah, we've heard of that one before. before yeah, seriously. And I'm like, if it's your cousin is a good enough excuse for it to be like, oh, we're not romantic, he's my cousin, then I'm like, then why the hell is it romantic? I yeah. cannot get over it. Okay. No, I, I totally agree. It was so weird because, like, she didn't just skip class. She skipped class and didn't, like, go back to this, like, she it's a boarding type school yeah. so like she just like she didn't like, show up yeah like all night yeah all night so, so they're like well, it's just her cousin and i'm thinking what scenario can a female cousin go just disappear overnight with a male cousin and no one's gonna raise an eyebrow because they're cousins? <laughs> especially when i guess it's still okay to marry your cousin yeah exactly especially when it's still like not out of the question entirely so like why why would you not be like ooh? they're like no it's the cousin defense it's totally reasonable well apparently some girl had like used the cousin defense and it wasn't and it wasn't her actually and it wasn't her cousin and i thought that they were gonna say that she used the cousin defense and then she was actually that girl actually married her cousin because that was still happening then but no they're like no no he just wasn't actually her cousin it would have been fine it almost seems like the they're the only ones who are doing the cousin thing anymore like yeah like no one else is but people are still like it's still not unacceptable it's just not the best yes it's so so weird setting so um yeah, so then when Sue gets back, she gets in a lot of trouble. And so she's like, bye, I'm out. And she mm-hmm. escapes from the school and then shows up at Jude's house soaking wet from well, the rain. Because she, like, or from, like, like the, a little river. Stream. Yeah, yeah, she went over the stream. Yeah. And she's always been kind of rough and tumble. Like, she'll be, yeah. she'll climb And I love anything. that about her. Yeah, I love that about her, too. Yeah. And so she shows up and Jude is like, oh, my God. And she's like, okay, uh, I left the school. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, he kind of like helps her out and stuff. It's a very sweet scene. It is. He like gives her his extra suit and he goes outside and waits for her to change because she has nothing dry to wear. And it's actually like very cute because I was like, I don't think I can think of any historical novel where like the scenario where like a guy gives the girl his clothes because all her clothes are soaked, which I've seen in movies a bunch. And it's one of my favorite tropes. It's very good. It's always very good. And I love her wearing like a big, big suit. Like that seems cute to me. Exactly. It's adorable. So I was like, I don't think I've ever seen this done, but Thomas Hardy knew what we wanted. He did. Well, see, I still can't get 100% <laughs> behind it. Things. I was like, yeah, they're cute. Oh, anyway, they're whatever. Cousins. See, at this point, I had been like, I'm just going to see where this goes. I'm just going to accept that I can't control <laughs> yeah, this at yeah. all. Me too. I was like, I mean, I guess at this point, I hope it works out because it's well, I, exactly. stressful for it not to work out. Exactly. At this point, I had decided, like, I have to be just like, <laughs> I just have to be in support of them or not at this point. And I'm enjoying the rest of the book. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to pretend they're Mary not cousins. Cousin. <laughs> Do it. Oh, I was just pretending they're not cousins. <laughs> Oh. I was like, I'm just going to pretend and then enjoy the rest of their little romance. God. She gets expelled because she yeah, boarded the stream. Cool. So she's not doing that anymore. And then Phyllisson uh, goes to get her. and Right. He's like, what's this about you and Jude? And you like sneaking over to his place, basically. Yes. And she's like, oh, it's nothing. And then Jude is like. Jude is, like, totally upfront because nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So Jude's totally upfront about it. And Phillipson's like, well, I guess since Jude is so upfront, it's nothing, like, weird. And then they go get married four weeks later. Or three weeks later. Yes, they get married. And um, 
Oh, and I think Jude and Jude and Sue at that whole thing, it kind of had like a confess their feelings type moment. They did. They yeah. sort of were like, yeah, I guess I'm in love with you, but we shouldn't because you're married. Oh, yeah, because Jude's still married. Because Jude's still and, married. And uh, because we're cousins. And we're cousins. And she's <laughs> and engaged, she's to, engaged to Fulton. Everything is a no. You shouldn't pursue this. Yeah. So they were like, okay, I guess we won't. So mm-hmm. they get married and Jude is like, I'm going to spiral into depression. Yeah. Well, three weeks later, she sends him a letter and she's like, this is awkward, but uh, I'm estranged <laughs> from my father and I have to have someone give me away at the yeah. wedding would you mind giving me away <laughs> i imagine him like that d- dog meme where everything's on fire and he goes, this is fine. fine that's exactly he was like and he did he spiraled for days and then he replied of course i would be happy to <laughs> yes. yeah so he does so what i'm saying like sue is sometimes i'm like you're not stupid you have to know what you're doing and it's like she just chooses to be ignorant like that's cruel what she did was cruel to do that (laughs) and i'm like you are not an idiot yeah she i don't know it was weird their whole thing was so weird um and so yeah they get married and then they're living together and jude is at a bar mm-hmm. and guess who's back from australia arabella arabella's back arabella's character single-handedly made me dislike the name arabella <laughs> i always I liked, liked it, it before that yeah and um so she's like oh hey what's up bestie and he's like oh hi and she's like i kind of thought you might be dead yeah she's like, like oh i I'm thought not. you were dead and he's like no i'm still alive yeah so they kind of like are talking a bit mm-hmm. and then she's like oh yeah i got married she's like i married this man in australia <laughs> yes and he's like oh okay that's bad yeah <laughs> um but they're kind of like whatever he's like okay that's a crime so <laughs> okay so you just confessed to a crime uh <laughs> jotting that down <laughs> oh, it's so rough it's really weird and uh yeah. but then um Jude's aunt dies, mm-hmm. and he's been talking to Sue again and stuff. And yeah. um, they Sue just can't keep away funeral. from each they other. They really can't. There was a period of time here where not all was lost. Like they really should have. I feel like just cut off communication, and it would have been hard. But like they would have adapted, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they just didn't. But instead, he's like, "Oh, I have to write her and tell her my aunt yeah, died." And I'm like, "The aunt she never met. Yeah, I'm like, you don't have to uh, do that. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. She's <laughs> but like, of a... course. Then she's like, "Oh, I have to come and make sure Jude's all right." Oh my god. Yeah, they keep like finding like <sighs> like conveniently good enough excuse. I don't think they're good enough, but they like tell themselves it's a good right, enough right, excuse. Right. And so then she's basically like. Um, I'm in ha- unhappy in my marriage. And he's like, yeah, I knew you would be. And she's like, I do not want to be with him anymore. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I knew you would be. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And basically, oh, well, Jude and Arabella get divorced. Yeah, Arabella's like, so my Australian, like, the, my Australian husband wants to move over here and open his business. <laughs> yeah. But we got to get married the right way. And so I need you to divorce me. Yeah. Which is like a whole big, much more difficult process back then. Uh-huh. But but he's like yeah sure i mean heck yeah why not so yeah he does so they're divorced hooray he's free he's a free man <laughs> yeah and then phillipson and Ara- um and <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i was at arabella <laughs> phillipson and sue kind of break up mm-hmm. um well he like she's like i want to leave you and he's like oh 
oh okay <laughs> yeah like i feel i do feel bad like phillipson did know going into this though that she wasn't in love with him like he, yeah, he's I'm pretty like, clear about that this to yourself but he definitely did but he's definitely like kind of like sad about it like he didn't see his life going this way <laughs> right right but he's like okay like i think it's crueler to keep her like basically captive when she clearly <laughs> wants to be somewhere else right right so he agrees to like separate mm-hmm. not legally yet but i think he does doesn't he like like, a little while later, divorce her? I can't remember. I don't I remember. So. I think he gives her a divorce, but I don't remember. But there, at the very least, he lets her, like, just go do whatever she wants and right. be separated. So they're done. But then, so then, Jude and Sue get together. Yep. And they're like, hey, we're together. We're having a great like time Like, the best together. life ever. I think she does get divorced because then they're, like, a little ways down the road, they're like, oh, my God, we could finally get married now. Well, Jude is like that. And Sue's like, I just, like, don't really like the idea of marriage. You know? It's just, like, can't we just keep, like, being casual, you know? <laughs> being uh, casual. <laughs> I left my husband for you, but let's be casual. casual. Well, that's what she kept saying. Like, she I, left her husband, destroyed her life, destroyed his life. They're finally together now. Um, Arabella's child from Australia, who is actually yes, Jude's, Jude's son, son that she never told him about. He gets sent over and Arabella sends him a letter like, basically, so you have a son. I didn't tell you, but it's definitely yours because timing and I can prove it and stuff. And anyways, I don't want him and I don't want my new husband to feel sensitive. So he's going to come live with you. Yes. So he comes over. Yeah. And he's very, like, serious. Yes. He's very serious. They call him little time, I guess. Like, like Yeah, like little father little time. time. Little, yeah, little yeah. father time or something. Which and, is like, okay, that's a weird nickname. Yeah. Um, and he's had, a, this kid has had a horrible life up until now. Yes. But um, anyway, so like, but like he calls Sue mother and Jude father uh-huh. and they're a family unit. And I'm like, so living together, sharing expenses, having a child, destroying both of your lives formerly to get to this point. But you're like, I just want to keep things casual. <laughs> I just Sue well, I, I don't get you don't blame her for not wanting to get married again the first one was so like weird well that and was her not, own fault she's not religious she doesn't she's care about us no. so I like don't really blame her but that's what I'm saying is even for not like there wasn't common law marriage back then like legally things get complicated if you're not legally married after a certain period of time like you share assets you share children you, there's things that you can't actually do at that point in time now you can if you can prove that you're common law married and that's still a bit of a process. But, like, back then, that is very inconvenient. Well, yeah, I'm not saying it was, like, the most convenient thing for them to do. But I understand from a character perspective I guess. I mean, Sue's been from. against marriage forever. Yeah. But then she's I felt never... like she married Phillotson. And she knew she wasn't in love with him the whole time. She didn't want to marry him. <laughs> so I'm like, why would you assume that that marriage would be the same as marrying the man that you've been in love with this entire time? I don't know. Because they're stupid. I don't stupid. care about anybody in this book. After a while, I was like, actually, I don't like any of the characters. I got real tired. Like, the, the <laughs> second or third time that they decided they were going to go get married and then left the office and decided not to get married because of Sue. Because Jude was, like, all about it. He's like, yeah, I'm hell yeah, I'll totally marry you, Sue. <laughs> Even though, see, this is what I'm saying. He had a horrible marriage he got tricked into, basically, also. Uh-huh. And I'm like, he should have more. Like, he got coerced into that marriage. You chose to go marry Phillotson. So... And he still would want to marry you again. I just, Sue, I feel like there's no excuse. She drives me bananas sometimes. Like, sometimes I'm like, you are so cool and independent and smart and free-spirited and I love it. And then she'll do something stupid. And I'm like, are you an idiot? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, like, you know better. Like, you fought for you and Jude to be together. And now you're like, but I don't want to be like, I don't want to go all the way. 
<laughs> and it gets very yeah you're right it gets hairy because like they have two other kids now yeah they have two and other then kids. And Jude gets like again. fired basically yep. because they're not married and yep. everyone's like oh i the hate same, that like, they keep getting fired and chased out of town because they're not officially married and yeah. like the poor kid who's already had a really like weird life until now is like getting bullied for it constantly yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with them. No, I yeah, I'm just this is my. I think I was apathetic about it at this point. I was like, whatever, y'all are just gonna be stupid. See, that's what I'm saying. After like the third, we tried to get married and we decided not to. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done caring. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so they all end up back in Christminster, Mm -hmm. and she pregnant again. She pregnant again. They've got three kids because of like little father time. funny little father time and the other two and but they have to like live separately because nobody will rent to them because they're not married yeah and so and because they have kids right and so there's like one point where they're all basically like yeah everything sucks and everybody knows it little father time knows it i really wanted this book to end right before they went to christminster yes i'm just okay i'm just telling you guys this is where it gets horrible if you want to stop right after like right before they go to christminster i will not blame you because i would have loved this that's the end of the book i would have really enjoyed the book there was so much of stuff i was mad about but i still really enjoyed reading the book that's the end actually actually this is the end of the book (laughs) end of the book i will not (sighs) okay get ready so um basically part six yes so sue and in, is like going over to see Jude or whatever. I can't. This is so and <laughs> little. Oh my god! I can't even believe this shit. Okay, so it was so back, sudden. I gasped. And I did too. And reread it. Reread it. I, I, like, that co- didn't I literally happen. went. What? It took such a turn. <laughs> Basically, what this is not funny at all. But this I can't is. Stop it's laughing. like a thing that's so horrible. Little, you don't know how to handle unless little, you laugh. Little father time. It's <laughs> also funny that that's his name. Sorry. Little father time. Um, uh, <laughs> he uh killed murdered the other two siblings and, and then himself. killed himself and left a and note that just, was like because there were too many of us because he got all stressed out because they didn't have enough money and then basically Sue had had a conversation with him like the night before basically saying it is it's basically really hard to live in this world. Yep, basically just so, that. Uh, he murdered his siblings and then killed himself. Yep, like, because she went out to find Jude. Like, Hung and, himself. Yeah, it's horrible. So they, like, <laughs> walked back in and opened the door and found all of their children. Unbelievable. It's horrible. I could not. It's horrible. <laughs> I and was like, what the actual hell, Thomas Hardy? I know, I was so <laughs> what? I was so sudden, too. There was, like, no, there was not a hint that this no, was coming up. No build up. No build up at all. It just, and I was just, like, being shot in the chest. And I, I was like. Can- I I didn't sign up. Christopher, why did you recommend this book? It was one of the craziest shocks. I I will say I've never been so shocked in a classic. (laughs) Never. Never. (laughs) I was particularly shocked because this was also one of like three classics I've ever actually like enjoyed reading up until that point. Like it was like so well paced. I was really vibing for a long time. Like. And then it just kind of started going downhill, and then this happened. And then, as, and I knew, I knew immediately. Oh I was like, okay, so Sue's going to spiral because I would too, because any mother would just lose their shit completely. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? That's what I'm saying. And then, of course, and I knew it would happen immediately. Then she miscarries. Yeah, because yeah. Of all of the stress miscarries. So, so now they have no, no children, children at all. None. Uh, yep, it's horrible. 
Jude is also sick. Jude has been really sick right. on and off and unable to take work. <laughs> Thank God about that. Yeah, so for the last, even right before Christminster, no. he's been, like, sick on and off. And so they've been, str- that's why they're having a money problem is because she, there's only so much she can do to help with money. They, she's been, like, selling, like, baked goods and stuff. And he is, he's been trying to work when he can, but he's uh-huh. been really ill. So, And so they end up separating. <laughs> Well, Sue decides, okay, I figured out. I understand. This is my penance. All of this happened to punish me for leaving my first marriage. And and that what me and Jude have doesn't actually even count. And that I'm still married to Mr. Phillotson. And then, like, over where Mr. Phillotson is, his whole life has fallen apart because no one will hire him because he basically let his wife leave him. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, considered, you know, horrible. He's so immoral. He's a cuckold. He's a cuckold, exactly. And he somehow comes to the same kind of conclusion that Sue does, like, on his own, that he never should have let her go and that he's really still married to her and that they've been living in sin and so sue reaches that conclusion because of the whole thing with i get it she really she had a mental break Mm -hmm. she really she had a mental break. who could blame her i can't blame (laughs) her at all but i just like god i just wish that like she didn't and it was just weird like she turned away from the one person that she like truly loves and cares about like the only guy she's ever loved back who she's had this amazing relationship with i mean her and jude they had a lot of issues and annoyed the hell out of me but when they were together in their like healthiest part of their relationship like they were having a great time they never had a lot but they were really healthy together mm-hmm. And so she tur- decides that she's going to reject him, even though he is also a father who just lost all of his children and now is losing his, who he considers his wife. He's considered her his wife this whole time. Yeah. See, once again, I don't blame her for this, even though. Everybody- That's what I'm saying. You can't blame her because I would have had a mental, every everybody would have a mental break. Yeah. I would also be like, I must have done something wrong. Like, yeah. Because I also both grew up thinking, oh, if I get married. Like, they both grew up knowing about, like, the family curse or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, well, it probably, like, compounded because both of us have the family curse. So we really shouldn't have married each other. Yeah, exactly. And so so, I don't blame her at all. I just so wish that she hadn't turned away from the one person who needed her as much as she needed him. (laughs) Yeah. But I can't blame her at this point. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I can't blame her for anything else that happens. I wish she wouldn't do it. But I no longer, I'm like, you've had a mental break. I honestly, like, now I can't say you should know better because all bets are off Yeah, now. this is unprecedented. Yeah. So and Mr. Phillipson, like, writes her or she writes him and she's like, I think we should get back together. And he was like, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. So they get back together. That's horrible. And Judith's like, okay, I'm going to be whatever. And then Arabella <laughs> and then finds him. Yeah. Arabella's husband has died and she gets him drunk. Yes. And gets him to marry her again, again, the same way <laughs> yeah. because of her quote unquote honor. So now they're back together. They're and original. Then, uh, he dies. <laughs> yeah, he That's does. The end of the book. He dies. Sue is miserable in her marriage. They see each other and have one more passionate kiss. Her and Jude, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. And then she decides that, that was such a penance that she's finally going to sleep with Mister Phillipson because she never has before because she's repulsed by him. Yeah, she's not just she has some really weird thing with him. I wanted to like him to go into it more, Thomas Hardy, because I was like, okay, this isn't normal. Like she like flinches when he touches her, but like he's not been abusive. So that's why I'm like, what is like psychologically where does this like repulsion come from? Like because I totally get not being attracted. 100%. But, like, Mr. Phillipson has only ever been very gentle and respectful, even when he's really annoyed with her. I'll give Mr. Phillipson that. Like, he made, he just, he was very dumb about choosing to marry her. And he did it for all the wrong reasons, which he admitted. But, like, he's a pretty chill dude. Like, I feel kind of bad for him, too. Yeah. But, um, 
The whole thing yeah. is just a mess. It's just a mess. And everything ended up terrible. Yeah. So. Like, she earlier in the, <laughs> in the first time she was married to Mr. Fulton, she literally jumped out a window because he accidentally came into her room because he was trying to go to bed and they're sleeping in different rooms and he accidentally opened the wrong door because he was just tired and it was late at night and dark. And she freaked out so bad, she jumped out the window. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm just, I don't just, what's going on there, Sue? I just want to know, like, why she's so, so specifically repulsed by him. I don't know. I'm just curious. It's not great. Not great. Anyway, so, yeah. That's that's Jude the Obscure. Yeah. There were a lot of ups. There were a lot of downs. There were a lot of ups. And then there was the biggest down in the world, part six of the book. I don't know if I'll ever get over that. (laughs) I'll never get over it. I'm so mad. I'm also mad because I'm like, Thomas, you made me accept cousin lovers. And now... (laughs) I can't believe I'm mad the cousins didn't get together. (laughs) Exactly. I'm just like, you put me through all of this. I was like, fine, fine, Thomas. You want the cousins to be together? Fine. I will accept it. I will move forward and enjoy the book. And then he pulled that shit in part six. And I was like, Thomas, what the hell? (laughs) Thomas, I've had it with you. I've had it with you, Thomas. This is the thing because... I mean, unless they changed it intensely from the novel, mm-hmm. Far From the Madding Crowd has a great ending. Like, it's it? basically, yeah, it's well, very Well, Dear the Obscure fun. was considered his bleakest book. Yeah, so, so I'm like, okay, maybe this is just he was really in a bad place. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was. And a lot of this so, so, like, mirrors his own life. But then he still made weird decisions, like choosing to marry a girl 38 young, yeah, years younger than him. So I'm just didn't... like, what did you learn here, Thomas? Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Thomas Hardy. What a Gemini. What a wild man. Yeah. So do you want to do Yeah, favorites and stuff? Also, by the way, Geminis. I'm not I'm not actually no. making fun of you guys. We're Y'all just are great. But um I'm a Gemini rising. Ooh, hell yeah. Yes, That's I is am. that your not it's not your moon sign, it's a different thing, right? Yes. Well so my sun sign is Capricorn, moon sign is Pisces. Right, that's right. And yeah, rising is Gemini. I don't know what my rising is. I don't really want to know. I'm good. I'm good. I know. I know my I, my son is Aries and Moon is Scorpio, and that's plenty for me. Yeah, I don't need to know. It's so chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what if it's the other like next most chaotic one? I don't think I need to know. I'll, I'll honestly be too proud of it. So, I love it for you though. Thank you. So uh, I wrote fave character Sue question mark, but yeah. also maybe Jude question mark. They're both really good characters. But I also like after a while was like I don't like either of you, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Maybe Jude because he I think he remained consistent with his own character and ideas for most of the book. Yeah, I did feel bad for him. I feel really bad for him, too. But also, I was so annoyed with him Mm -hmm. for a lot of it. Oh, I was so annoyed with him. I was so annoyed with Sue. Sue would would have been my favorite, except for I felt like she was willfully stupid at times. (laughs) You know, I was like, I cannot. I can can forgive natural stupidity. I cannot forgive willful ignorance. (laughs) Yeah, you're putting it on. We know you're not dumb. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, actually, you're extremely intelligent, so there is no excuse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Least favorite character? I don't know. I don't Arabella. Maybe. I mean, Arabella got like at least, as far as she was Jude's probably life, the closest thing we had to a villain. She was the closest. She just like every time Arabella stepped in, she like set things <laughs> off course. She was again. an agent of chaos. She really was. <laughs> like if not for her, Jude's life might have gone very differently. He might not have. have met Sue. I don't know. God, can you imagine? I now I'm imagining a world in which he never married Arabella. He went to Christminster, became a scholar, didn't mm-hmm. ever run into Sue. So good, and just. Both of their lives life. would have probably been much better. <laughs> I wish they'd never met. I wish they'd never met you. Uh, um, 
for fave quote, I just picked it because I thought it was kind of nice. It says, but his dreams were as gigantic as his surroundings were small. Isn't that sad? Oh, I think a lot of people probably feel that way. I was about to say, I totally feel that. Um, This was just a really, really relatable quote that I picked. It was on page 128 of my book. Uh Um, It's just like, this is how I always feel when I'm at a bar with people and we're, you know, (laughs) people people are getting drinks and the people who are obviously drunk are going back to get more drinks. And I don't typically go out and get drunk. I think we did for my 21st birthday. But like, (laughs) that's not like usually my vibe. And so I just, but I always feel embarrassed when I go to get like a drink or get like a second drink at the bar. Uh Uh-huh. Because I know, because I can see all the people around me, and now I know I'm being grouped in with them, and it makes me uncomfortable, but because, like, you know, like, the bartender is just done. <laughs> like, they're just, they're just done. Because, like, they've been dealing with these drunk people, like, can I get another drink? And you're like, no. And being annoying. Yeah, and they're just annoying. So you have to deal with annoying drunk people all day. Anyway, so then I just, like, feel bad about being a person drinking that they have to serve, because I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so this quote, it just, like, made me think of that. The barmaid concocted the mixture with the bearing of a person compelled to live amongst animals of an inferior species. <laughs> that's funny. I was like, that's exactly how it feels. That's exactly what I think they feel like. Probably like, oh my God, when oh, it was my shit. Or, or if I'm like, can I get an apple teeny? Which I haven't. But it's just one of those drinks I think is kind of like, it's who cares if people drink fruity drinks? But I do apple wonder if like. sounds good, right? It sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But it's like one of those drinks that I yeah, wonder. Yeah, like, oh, they don't think you're cool if you order Yeah, it. exactly. You're like, can I get a sex on the beach? And they're like, no. Does <laughs> anyone just want like, I've got like this like top shelf like whiskey or bourbon over here. Can I tell you something? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Is it about whiskey or bourbon? Yes. I Hell went. Yeah. This is actually extremely relevant. I went to a <laughs> pub last weekend, and um, I was, I get nervous, too, because I'm always like, I don't want anyone to think I'm lame for what I order, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not good at, like, ordering things. Although we should all just order what we like, guys. <laughs> yes. So just silly. do what you want, people. But, yeah. but I was like, what did I order in Ireland? Because it was, like, an Irish pub. Uh-huh. And I was just thinking about it, and I was like, ooh, it would be cool to get some whiskey. And so then I was like, the bar lady was like yeah and what do you guys want and i was like uh can i have a telemardu on the rocks hell yeah. and she looked at me and she said hell yeah a woman after my own heart and, oh! went to go get it. and i was like oh, i feel hell so yeah. cool that's one right of my now. favorite drinks because i because tillamore is my favorite whiskey i used to drink tillamore on the rocks like all the time that was my thing <laughs> didn't we in galveston because i remember i had like a tropical <laughs> we, tillamore which we was did. a weird combo yeah, but it was good i just felt so cool i was like oh my god this bar lady thinks I'm cool. I feel so <laughs> cool whenever I order whiskey on the rocks. <laughs> yes. I've ordered whiskey straight up one time and I think it's just because they seemed like they were in a rush and I was like, I don't dare ask for, <laughs> for ice in my whiskey. <laughs> and that time I was like, I probably look like a badass, but I didn't enjoy it because no, I wanted no. the ice. Because it's nice because it waters it down just a little bit. Yes. So then it's perfect for sipping. Yes. Sipping. Otherwise, because I don't do shots. I don't, I yeah. don't do shots. So... I don't it want to take nice a shot of whiskey. It is nice for sipping. If anyone's like, what's a good sipping whiskey? Tullamore Dew with ice. If you want a really sweet with ice, one. get that. Um, what's the one? There's like a... Not Jameson. There's like... A, Jack Daniel has a honey whiskey. Oh. It is so... I don't really like Jack Daniel's whiskey. I think it tastes like plastic. But Jack Daniel's honey whiskey? Oh my God. It's just like so, so sweet. So if you guys want, like, a really sweet whiskey, you're like, I couldn't, like, sip it or I wouldn't enjoy it because I like sweet drinks. You might like the honey whiskey, actually. It's so sweet. There you go. It's really good. Yeah. Booze Corner. Yeah, Booze Corner of (laughs) that Book Club. (laughs) 
it's really good that we call it booze corner and not like mixed drinks corner or something because we are you know not actually that pretentious anyways i just made that up right now booze corner booze corner booze booze corner corner. i love it i made a little bar i don't know if you saw i turned our little little cabinet thing into a little bar area but um do we do favorite parts least favorite parts Mm. I don't even know. Man. I can tell you easily. Okay, you go ahead. My here. favorite part is when things were going well for them in their relationship, <laughs> and I had just accepted that they were going to be cousins who were in love, and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> yeah. And same. I was like, favorite part, I guess. Like they weren't super rich, but they were happy and healthy. Yeah. Uh, least favorite part? How about when they just like walked in and got all the children dead? Yes. Yeah, I. That was my least favorite part. I mean, how can you have any other than those two? So. I don't know. That's why I was like, I feel like this is just going to be. That's we're it. Just gonna that's agree. the answer. Yeah, that's the answer. So that was Jude the Obscure. You guys. Are Yay. welcome and oh, I'm sorry. Think he's up. Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can I can I, I give honestly... it a separate rating for? Like... Yes. Seriously, I I don't know how I can rate the whole thing highly anymore. No, because this last the last six of the book. Because I would have given it, I think, five pinkies up for the first. I was five really parts. ready to do it at the fir- at the beginning. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And then the last part, ru- like the last part, I would have given like. One and a half pinkies up. Yeah, I'm giving this a two and a half overall. As a total? What, how do I average out my five and like, what is that, like a three? A <laughs> yeah, three and maybe a, half? a three. I'll give it a three and a half. Mm-hmm. No, but see, the thing is, I like the parts one through five so much. Well, then give it a four. It feels too strong for that last part. <laughs> I guess I have to give it a four. I feel like that's the fairest because... How can I separate this? We do five pinkies up, and there were six parts of the book. <laughs> Fractionally, how yeah, can I just so, take see, off you one liked, part? Uh, okay, Wait, so, so I think four is fair then, because four? if you just kind of, yeah. Or would it be like 3.75 again? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to give it four, because I gave 3.75 to uh, the woman in the window. Actually, in retrospect, guys, I should have given it three pinkies up. It's been bothering me all week. I'm retroactively am giving the woman in the window three pinkies up. Mm. It didn't deserve the extra 0.75. So there we go. There yeah. you have it. So I'm still gonna. I'll give it four pinkies up. But <laughs> that last part ruined my life. It was. I can't stress enough and, to you guys. <laughs> not like in a way where you're like that book ruined my life. I can't wait to read it again. I was like this book ruined my life, and I am personally offended. <laughs> I was literally offended. I was like, oh my god. After all the effort I put into like, <laughs> I know. This book. After all the after all the things that I I chose to look past for yes, you, Thomas. I was really willing to accept cousin love. Oh my god. Do you know that meme <laughs> that's like Hobbit love? And it's what? It's like a picture of like Sam and Frodo, and it's like blurry, like somebody photoshopped, you know, but like to make it look ethereal and like cool. Uh-huh. And it says like in script writing, Hobbit love. And it's so funny. That's what I'm imagining. Cousin love. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's really good. That is funny. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. When I went to Italy and saw my family, um, when I was like, probably like, I don't know, like 12, probably somewhere around there, I met one of my, I want to say, is it Gianluca? I don't remember. One of my Italian cousins, like we're like, you know, like probably like third cousins mm-hmm. or something. We are not closely related cousins. Right. But like, it was so weird because like when Italians meet, like they kiss on either cheek, but like that's more normal for the adults. Like kids don't do that with other right. kids really, but they made us and it was weird. Ugh. I could tell he didn't want to and I, because we're still kids. We're still like, it's a girl. It's a yeah, boy. Like, Ew. Ew. It was weird. And then I was like, 
hang on, what is happening? Because, like, I swear my grandmother and, like, his mom were, like, trying to, like, set us up. And I was like, yo, we're still related. Like, I know it's a little distant, but, like, we're still related. And how is that okay with you guys? It was weird and gross. See, I'm literally not even blood related to one of my cousins Mm -hmm. because his dad was adopted. I'm Mm -hmm. like, we have no blood. And I'm like, I still would never, ever, (laughs) ever, ever, ever date you no like that's (sighs) disgusting i know it's it's your cousin what's like adopted siblings it's like you're still siblings yeah no yeah anyways we're not we're not we're so not in support of it (laughs) you guys are dating your cousin stop it now (laughs) stop it right now if you if you two are not in support of cousin love give us five stars (laughs) yeah if you don't give us five stars we're gonna assume you're dating your cousin Man, they're like, do not manipulate. We're going to give you one star now. We're trying to manipulate us. <laughs> we're going to tell them that we're pregnant. And then <laughs> you guys have to give us five stars. You guys, you guys got us pregnant. So that'll be five stars for us. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, God. Pregnant with potential, perhaps. Whoa. <laughs> okay, I want to go see your chicks. Oh, okay. We're going to go look at my chickens now. So bye, guys. Bye. Anyways, uh, we'll see you next week. Next week, we'll be covering Twilight. <laughs> So, hooray. The day has arrived. The day has arrived. Um, I'm actually a little bit upset because I know in the first book you're going to have so much to say in favor of Edward. And Jacob's not as big of a character, so I'm not really going to have... have I'm not going to be able to argue. I have no ammunition. I'm going into this totally unarmed. (laughs) I don't like it. Maybe we'll get Javi to pop on. We'll see because he... um, my husband because he's, he's, he's on my side he's on your side i know he just might like it apparently mm. one of the series that he read multiple times is he read the twilight series multiple times yeah which is taste. just another <laughs> just another one of those things about hobby where you're like you <laughs> okay it's a little surprising <laughs> a little, um a little surprise for you there yeah but we'll see we'll see if he pops on um but if not we'll still be doing that for you guys if you guys want to keep up with us during the week you certainly can you can follow us on social media we are on instagram and tiktok we are that pretentious book club if you guys want to check out some of our really cool merch and i do mean really cool we've got some cool summer subs too Summer stuff shoe? What summer stuff shoe. Summer stuff shoe. Remember I was saying I could do audiobooks? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, you guys can go to StorySirenStudio.com. That's our production company. We have some really cool production company merch. It's got a mermaid on it because, of course, it does. Uh, some That Pretentious Book Club merch. You can check out our other podcast by the Story Siren Studio with Carissa and I. It is the Scripturian Society for Writers. So go check all the stuff out. Follow us. If you guys have book recs for season four, if you want to tell us that we are wrong about Cousin Love or anything else, <laughs> you can you can do so. You can message us on social media. You can email us at contact at storysirenstudio.com. We do want to hear from you regardless. You know, let's talk about it. I think, yeah. I think it would be a hit good discussion up, friends. to have. Yeah, hit I us up. I love all of you, and I want to hear from you. Yeah. If you guys also want to support us a different way, and you want some bonus content, like bonus episodes and videos and recipes and all that good stuff, you guys can go to our Patreon, again, Story Siren Studio, and you can, like, join a different tier if you want. Like, there's, like, a bunch of different tiers, so you can decide what you want. There's also some exclusive merch on there, which is kind of fun. So go check it out. Uh, as always, if you guys want to see us do something specific on Patreon or on social media, or you want us to do something specific in our episodes, reach out let us know because we want to do what you guys want to do it's actually really fun when you guys get involved i think some of our most fun stuff has happened because you guys have sent us ideas so please do feel free to if you're on the fence do it we do want to hear from you uh if you guys don't mind rating the pod that would be great because it's how we know what you guys like 
I think I said like the last episode, some of y'all's reviews lately have been so helpful and so great because now we know that we need to remind you guys that we have a time code for people who want to skip the nonsense at the beginning, which I don't think I said this episode, but I did last episode. <laughs> we do, yeah. I didn't do, we it do this episode. It. I forgot. But I, if we hit it maybe every few episodes, hopefully yeah, yeah, people yeah. will know. But um, that was really helpful to know that people wanted that. And then also just you guys give us some really sweet reviews about liking us and enjoying the pod. And it was so sweet. So thank you guys. But yeah, that's all we got for you guys. So we'll see you next week. And until then, keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club. Pretentious. Pretentious.